are worlds between our own, and from these worlds there are written histories, both ancient and modern. To read of these testaments scrawled in hidden places and on other things, you must fix your eyes uncomfortably within you, and if successful, your gaze will unlock the door behind raw imagination and meet the manuscript of innumerable folios known as the Dark Darkness. Hello, I'm Sharkchild, and this is The Dark Verse. Testament scrawled in hidden places and on nether things with the sole purpose of sharing with you a unique world of horror and fantasy that will follow you to the visions of your sleep. This is episode 87, and it is entitled The Apocalypse Bringers. A destroyed moon lay dispersed across the sky. Its fragments reflected a pale red light. In front of these debris, a great multitude of meteors reached the atmosphere, raining across the land in streaks of flame. Concussions resounded in every direction that amplified the pandemonium of this planet's final hours. My master proclaimed as he reveled in these grandiose moments of destruction. He revealed his speared teeth while smiling. As he did so, he flipped his long, red tongue just outside of his lips. His bare, burgundy, muscular chest flexed with approval. Veins rippled throughout his upper body and arms at their height hundreds of yards off the ground. One lone eye sat as a gaping black hole within his face, and oscillating flaccid flesh made sounds of suction and popping as it churned across the top of his head. As burning remnants came towards his presence, he did nothing to move out of their way. Some vessels plowed into him, inflicting minor wounds on his naked, titanic body. He paid no heed to them, no matter their size. My master said, as he turned away from the meteor shower and started striding towards the horizon. A horizon covered in dark rock and soot. As he walked, more cosmic shrapnel rained down upon his indestructible back. Delkfirk checked the slave king, traveled until he arrived at an array of hundreds of house-sized black prisons. The enclosures were like thick, twisted honeycomb with small openings riddled throughout them so that the inner contents could be seen. Within, human-like entities writhed, moaning and crying out for salvation, packed so tightly that suffocated dead still stood between the living. To each prison, the slave king strode, bending over to place one of his two enormous hands around it. 
Once there, my four brothers and I cackled chants of unnerving rites. Our mouths chattered and our hands tapped along the surfaces of the encasement until it, along with its contents, shimmered into a void and left the current realm. Then, my brothers and I were lifted and brought down to the next prison to repeat the dispelling. We were Delkfurkchek's fingers. Beginning at our torsos, we extended with independent life. We had arms, heads, and hands of our own. Black, marble eyes were scattered and sunken across our bodies, allowing us vision in every direction. When the last prison had been sent to my master's domain, and as the planet cracked and thundered, the gargantuan slave king leapt into the sky as my brothers and I clacked an incantation that sent him soaring up into space. Once within the cosmos, he angled his single eye forward and let the dark matter funnel through him while traversing us across great distances. Eventually, we arrived at Shivukt, a world between worlds. It was here that Delkfurkchek contained his slaves of all sizes, shapes, and existences, tormenting them, slaughtering them, and forcing them upon the chaos of lawlessness, immorality, and unhindered terror. The entire world had been labored upon and manipulated. There was not a single surface that had not been slaved upon and used for some structure, mechanism, or deed. Dead bodies of all kinds of creatures, beings, and animals at all levels of decomposition lay strewn across the grounds, never removed or properly disposed of. They were worked around and on top of. Great mountains and deep canyons spread across the land, but none of the original landscape or environment could be seen. Black, wiry, spiked walls, sharp, knife-edged doors, and floors riddled with broken pieces of blade and gnarled metals were discovered in every structure. Large, cryptic machines that lived without known power sources spun thick, cone-like drills, hammered down heavy slabs of stone, and fired rays of piercing, cauterizing heat between and within the structures, adding to the death and misery of this gruesome dimension. And all of this was just the platform for the hordes upon hordes of innumerable slaves that coursed and toiled all throughout. All of Shivukt screamed. There was not a hiding place or darkness far enough away from the hundreds of surrounding moons' light that the screams did not reach. From horizon to horizon, deepest depth to highest height, a chorus of unending ululations haunted. If it took ten slaves from ten different worlds to drive a single stake, that stake would eventually be driven. Time did not have bearing on this realm that never rested. When the slave king arrived at his domain, the freshly collected prisons were being opened, and the slaves within were being taken to different regions throughout the world. The slaves fought for their lives, pushing against each other, kicking, thrusting, and twisting with all of their might. 
Armies of minions of the king sliced and hacked at the new slaves with black machetes, slain many on the spot, while the others ran like cattle in directions where a blade would not sever their limbs or slit their throats. The minions were giant, headless bodies with four arms that had affixed the heads of dead slaves to their shoulders. They moved with quick, rigid, and jarring movements. Confusing victims, the slave king shouted to his minions as they flooded within the new slaves, enacting their master's desires. With his orders given, he left and walked towards his palace. Not far away a tower of carnage, the slave king's palace, loomed above the scene. Resembling a pyramid, this tower covered a grand amount of space. Its sides were filled with pikes and thorns, sharp juts and slick slides. Slaves were endlessly forced to ascend to the top. Swarm after swarm of them climbed upward on the outside of the tower. Most impaled and slashed themselves, falling to their deaths with missteps and the lack of proper strength. Some slaves reached the top, but there they fought one another, pushing each other to their fatal falls so as to lay exclusive claim to the peak. They hoped perhaps there was some salvation in holding its prestigious point. The bodies ascending and falling were like a fountain gushing upward quickly at first before falling out over itself. Once within his tower palace, Delk Frickcheck sat on a spiked throne that sank into his flesh as he lowered himself down on it. Upon this unhallowed seat, he looked out over his gauntlet of torment. At the base of his chair, the ground fell away down into a sunken canyon where slaves pushed individual, independent walls in narrow, caged lanes. These walls, without force against them, would crush the present slave against the end of the lane, where the remains of numerous slaves piled and oozed. And at certain intervals, a large spike would thrust forward at waist level from the walls. If the slaves were not strong enough, they were crushed by the pressing wall. If the slaves were not fast enough in ducking and timing the spike, they were gouged. There was no victory, there was only the delay of death. My brothers and I lay on our own beds of spikes upon the armrests of the throne. We squirmed and chattered, radiating powers through and around our master. A judgment the slave king said, suddenly. He took a long, slithering blade from beneath his seat, with his hand that I did not occupy, and sliced the brother beside me clean off. My brother continued to clack and click as he fell down the canyon to his demise. The brothers and I changed our tune and summoned a new spawn. From where the severed finger fell, a new brother extended. We too were slaves, pitted against expectations to perform. If our duties were not met with satisfaction, we were killed. But without us, the slave king was powerless. We were his magic, his control, and his lifeline. And without him, we were meaningless, wings without a body to carry. 
It could be ruled that we were Delfric checked as much as he was us, but that was not the case. We were each our own individuals despite our surrendering to his will. We knew things that he did not know, and he knew things that were secrets to us. Our bond was inexplicable as the galaxy spreading without end. My brothers and I sensed something then, and the king did as well. Delk Frickcheck stood and left the tower, returning to the summoning plateau of the new prisoners. In the midst of chaos, a slave defiled the infernal forces of Shivukt. Several minions lay slain at his feet, and those fighting him stood no chance against him. Slaves had always come from all walks of life, including soldiers and the most lethally trained of their kinds. But even souls such as these were not more prepared or equipped for the torment of Shivukt. This particular slave was not merely a physical specimen. He was ignoring death. I saw where machetes had hacked upon his flesh. I saw where blades had attempted to pierce him. There was not a preliminary death that had not yet tried to claim him. He simply lived on with skin and bone that were unbreakable. My brothers and I cackled a spell, and the slave king was teleported directly beside the slave berserker, crushing those that he appeared upon. Delk Furkcheck reached down with both of his hands and grabbed the wild slave. Then, not upon his flesh, but on his soul, my brothers and I feasted. We chattered and tapped upon him with our fingers, breaking apart his soul and spreading it amongst us. A withered body remained, and life still gripped it, just enough to place it back upon Shivukt to endlessly labor. It would now be one of the most productive slaves, a slave that could not die. The purpose of this brief illustration is this. There can be no savior for our victims or authority strong enough to oppose our cause. There are no weaknesses of Delfric checked, and there is no failing of my brothers and I. There are no religions that can subdue us, no faiths that can deflect us. There's no world too distant from our conquering, no realm undiscoverable. There's no creature too large, no sinlessness shielding enough. We orchestrate perfect agony, and we will forevermore. That concludes episode 87 of The Dark Verse. You can download and listen to all of the past podcasted episodes at thedarkverse.com or you can get them on iTunes. They're out there. Pick them up, listen to them, and I'll catch you next time. All stories on The Dark Verse are the sole property of Sharkchild and cannot be used for distribution, publication, or monetary gain without my written consent. Sleep deeply and remember to love.